0: all this external stuff that we've been told will make us happy and try and achieve that, the house, the car, the job, the dream, the goal, blah, 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 blah. We're just getting, we're we're piling stuff on top of the happiness, which makes it harder to get to, not easier.
1: Hello, I am Joel Ingram. And this is Crisis to Crushing in Podcast. Let's dive into this week's talk and I'll help to increase perspective, expand perception and allow you to change your reality. Enjoy the show. Today on the show, uh, we have Matt Colifield. Matt is my uh, NLP teacher, mentor and uh, probably doesn't like the word, but guru of forms. Uh, so,
0: uh, so You know what the word guru is good for, don't you? Go and on.
1: You can't spell the word charlatan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know the intent that's meant with that word, Matt. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> so, Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, uh, tell us, what's going on in the world right now? Because we haven't spoken for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, after my last one where... You know, we had to cut off after about an hour and 45 minutes because the tape ran out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would rather keep it shorter this time. We'll keep it focused. Your, your listeners don't want to listen to me uh, going on for another hour and 45 minutes. Um, right now, uh, I'm doing, there's a couple of things that's going on. Um, picking up probably from what we spoke about last time for your old listeners, if they made it all the way through to the end. As you know, I do two things. As you said, I do NLP, I teach NLP, I've been coaching and that sort of stuff since 2000. So, what we're coming for about 19 years. And on the other side of that, I've been teaching or I have, I, I teach martial arts, in particular Thai boxing. I started Thai boxing when I was 12. So, I've been, uh, I, started, sorry, I started martial arts when I was 12. Uh, and I started Thai boxing when I was 20, 22, something like that. So I've been Thai boxing for about 21, 22, 23 years. We do martial arts in total for about 31. Uh, so, and also, as you know, because it's, it's one of the main reasons that we we sort of bonded, as it were, wasn't it, it was um, I'm a stay-at-home dad, and in, in that role you are like streets ahead of me. You're like my parents um, <laughs> and mentor. Um, and And so... I'm not the stay-at-home dad at the moment because it makes sense. My wife's got a proper job, so it made sense. We had kids, that so she went out and worked, and I cut my hours back. And over sort of the last about two years, to be fair, uh, probably longer, I've mainly been the stay-at-home dad, which means I've been doing very little else, to be honest with you, marketing-wise. So I recently started a t- I live in Monmouth in South Wales, and I recently started a Thai Lawson Club here. Uh, No one gets rich doing martial arts, so, you know, unless you open a proper gym and it becomes a proper job, as it were, you know, you run at 24 hours, but that wasn't my intention. I just love martial arts in the same way as I love everything else I do, and because of that, I like to get it out there. It makes, you know, a little bit of, in the old-fashioned phrase, if I was the good lady wife, her indoors in the old sexist world, you know, a little bit of pin money, as they say, Um, so it makes me a little bit of money, and and, and it gets me out of the house and gets me to speak to grown-ups, which is always nice uh as opposed to say yes I've been teaching which is great I've loved it actually I've loved getting back into it because it's just teaching you know it's 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 just having the passion and the excitement to be able to talk and teach people something they don't know and um and I often forget and you're probably the same Joel I often forget in the role that we do that for some people what we do is life-changing you know it's it's you know you and I we're 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 Fairly humble people, I say that. You know, anyone who says they're humble is never humble, are they? But I now sound like Donald Trump, don't I? Oh, yeah, I am an incredibly humble person. No one's more humble than me. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but you know, we, we kind of just get on with with the job, as it were. Well. I think it's a very British thing. I think you know, and it's it's sort of you know, particularly from your point of view, a Welsh thing. You know, it's in that culture you just kind of get on with it. So we forget that what we do really affects can really affect people's lives positively and it's the same with with the martial arts i just think i'm teaching Thai boxing but then when i think from the experiences i've had from learning martial arts and some of that has really changed my life Mm. and thinking you know i have the opportunity to do that and and pass that you know play it forward as they were and pass it on to other people the other thing that i do like i said is the nlp thing which i i (laughs) i relaunched uh last year uh, probably about a year ago in fact we're probably coming up with the 12 month anniversary and anyone that's looked at my blog or my website or my facebook page will realize there's not a lot going on to be fair and that is for two reasons one uh well three reasons for it but we'll see how many reasons i can come up with uh, <laughs> One is, uh being a stay-at-home dad is being a stay-at-home dad and it's great and i prioritize it so when it comes to work, it I, I'm in an incredibly lucky situation. Do not get me wrong. I'm mean, in such a fortunate situation. My wife works really, really hard to make money, which allows me to stay at home. And it is totally the role reversal, I know, to, to what most people consider in society. Um, so I, I really am glad that she's, she's she's prepared to work that hard and has allowed one of us to stay at home rather than putting them off in nursery or something like that. So you, you just tend to prioritize it anyway. So when it comes to doing work or spending time with the kids, I kind of find myself spending time with the kids, you know. Um, The second reason is I was a bit naive, if I'm entirely honest. Uh, I thought, I can just pick it up where I left off. I'll leave it outside for a year and a half, two years, three years, whatever. It'll be fine. But, of course, what happens is the world moves on, new competitors move in, the, the, the landscape changes, and it's essentially like setting up a brand new business all over again. You know, even though I'm doing the same thing, I'm essentially starting again from scratch. And it took me quite a, a while to realize that that was what was happening. I was kind of just putting dates out there and bringing around clients and that sort of stuff and wondering what the work wasn't picking up. i thinking, this is weird. You know, I'm doing everything I did beforehand. Why is it that you know, nothing seems to be working at the moment. Then I suddenly realized it's because essentially I'm setting up a new business all over again. So I've had to change the mindset and go back into the, into, you know, the sort of uh, startup mode as it were. Okay. How would I advertise it? And it's great because it's really given me the opportunity to redesign what I do. And, uh, and, and I've really changed some aspects of of my attitude towards this from sort of two or three years. Some of it I'm sure we'll get onto in a little while because it's relevant to in parenting and things like that so um but the, the major thing i've done um, and i haven't worked this all out yet so this is a bit of a web exclusive so if it changes between now and launch day i apologize um but i've i've been thinking a lot about the world of nlp as it is right now and it's always been i can swear on this podcast can't i
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah. it's always been shit, to be fair the world of nlp because for every well-meaning talented NLP that puts the effort in to learn the skills you probably have a hundred shitbags who are just trying to make a quick buck uh they're trying to send or or and this makes me sound really mean and I this makes me sound really arrogant and I do apologize people who just don't get it yeah people who think it's one thing and not another but I think I can get away with gap criticism because nowadays with the internet it's it's very difficult to be duped well, it clearly isn't because people just look on Facebook. You know, it's, oh, look, Facebook post told me I shouldn't give bread to swans. Um, gotta be true. I saw it on Facebook. Um, that used to be the equivalent of, you know, it's gotta be true. I read it in the mirror, wasn't it? Or, you know, I read it in the sun. It's gotta be true. Now it's, also on Facebook. It's gotta be true. Um, but it's, it, it, it it's something that really bugs me. And one of the big areas I really want to get into is critical thinking skills for everyone. Uh, is, is checking what you know, assuming you're wrong all of the time. Yeah. Always double check it. And you have you go and you open an internet browser, and you have the wealth of human knowledge at your fingertips. You can search and look for anything. So there is no excuse to be informed nowadays. No excuse whatsoever to be informed. Um, Apart from Google hates well-informed people. Google, I think their algorithm now is based towards opinion and not fact. Does that make sense? You know, it's, okay. you, type in, you type in something, and it will give you like blog entries and things like that. But it won't give you like the scientific journals. So, say for example, I've had loads of problems with my hip recently. I'm getting old, um, so I've been researching hip injuries uh, and and what I can do and what sort of exercises I can do to to to, to make it better. Um, and you've got and and it comes up with like a wealth of unreferenced information. Does that make sense? Mm. And I'm thinking, well, where's the references? I want to see the studies. I want to see the things. But it's not just blog posts by self-appointed you know, experts in the field. And I think, well, you might really know your shit. You really might know it. But then again, you might not. But I don't know whether you know it or not, because I don't know enough about the topic to know whether you're informed. It's like another thing, a terrible, terrible off off topic. We've just bought an electric car, because, you know, save the planet, Extinction Rebellion and all that. So we bought an electric car. So we've been looking for a plug-in point in the house. And that's a minefield. Because I don't know anything about plug-in points for cars. But the minute you start searching for it, well, you, you know, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no trusted source out there yet. Yeah. Normally i just go straight to Which. you know, com. Yeah. what do Which say? All done and dusted, you know, and you're away. But there's no real trusted sources out there at the moment that tell you what a good charger is or anything like that. So I'm having to trust people who seem to know what they're talking about, but I don't have enough information to be able to go, is is this right? I don't know, I'm a bit lost. Is this right? I don't know what's going on. So it's a bit, but anyway, yeah, so going back to the NLP, one of the things I've noticed is um, the uh, the two things I've noticed is, is the field has expanded significantly since 2008. 2008, 2009, um, you know, you've got every Johnny and his wife teaching NLP nowadays, as far as I can tell. Uh, you know, back when I started, you could probably count on both hands, you know, your hands and your feet, the, the training schools in the UK. Now, a friend of mine did some research and this was, we're going back a good eight years now. He did some research and found over 300 NLP training schools. Uh, so there's so much out there now um, doing it. And also said that therefore there's so much variable quality, it's untrue. Uh, some of these people are very good, some of them aren't. And uh, and the other thing I've noticed, and this is this is the point I'm trying to get to very slowly. I've drunk a lot of coffee this morning, I apologize. My, my little boy hasn't been sleeping very well, so I'm quite tired. He's given me his cold. So <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah. um is but the other thing about NLP I've noticed and this is the part it, it's got too expensive. People are too full of themselves, yeah, they're selling NLP like it's you know gold, and my wife said this, my wife is a qualified psychologist. It takes a minimum of seven years to train as a psychologist, yeah, uh, you have to be registered with a government organization, uh you have to do c p d you have to do this that and the other. Uh, you have to then have lots of experience and specialty uh, afterwards. You know, so proper life changing. thing. now coaching NLP is is that as well? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like we just spoke about you're changing people's lives. Yet she can get away with charging about 100 pounds an hour, 110 pounds an hour. Yeah. Um, obviously in the UK, I don't know what it is around the world. Uh, sorry, I'm a bit UK centric. Um, whereas you get coaches who've got done like a 21 day course in coaching, done 150 hours. Got done three clients and they're charging like 175 pounds an hour, Um, and straight away there's a there's a disparity there in my book. They're he's getting it's turning coaching into something that isn't. It's turning coaching into you know some overpriced luxury good, and I don't believe coaching should be an overpriced luxury good. I think coaching should be something that everybody can access in the same ways that anyone can access counselling and anyone can access uh, sort of remedial psychology psychotherapy and that sort of thing. So. Uh, So the price point has to change. Does that make sense? It has to to come down. It's as simple as that. So I'm making a stand and bringing my price point down to allow people to access my training. And the other thing with NLP training, because NLP training has become more and more and more expensive uh, over the last 10 years, Uh, then it's locking people out. Who would benefit from it? You know, people who can't afford it. I get so many people ringing me up and want to do it and can't afford it. Can't pay me in one go. can I pay in instalments. I do this. can I do the other. I really want to do it. I can't do this dose. I can't get the money together. And I thought, so I want everybody to be able to access NLP. I want everybody to, to benefit from it. So I'm gonna. So I'm crushing my price essentially to make it more accessible because the, the problem with that is people can't afford to do a, a, a recognised and qualified course and I'm not the only person that's good at NLP obviously there's loads of people out there so I'm not saying I'm the only person that's doing it there's people who are very very good over the country there's people who are probably better than me to be all over the country um, but the minute you lock those people out from this quality of training you know the price point gets too high then people just go for sub- substandard training and the problem with the internet is it's made the quality of the price of everything nothing so they go to the internet and they go to Facebook and they get sucked in by all these, as Michael Breen calls them, cowboys and shitbacks who will sell them substandard courses, the $7 NLP practitioner course, you know, and they'll do this. I've had people who go off oh, done my NLP qualification or oh, where you do it online? Well, you haven't done an NLP qualification then, you know, You've read, you've read some PDFs and maybe watched some videos about NLP. And I don't know if that's actually NLP, because as you and I know, NLP is this weird thing that you speak to 50 NLPers and you get 50 different definitions about what NLP is. Uh, <laughs> because most people confuse NLP with the purpose, yeah? So if you use NLP for therapy, people will tell you that NLP is a therapy. If you use the NLP for sales, they will tell you that NLP is sales. But it's not, as we know, NLP is the ultimate generalist toolkit that allows you to access any speciality quickly and easily so you can use it for whatever you want. And, and because NLP is just such a great model of the world that allows you to do this broad, make you a better teacher, make you a better parent, maybe a better therapist, make you a better salesperson, a better manager, a better teacher, a teacher, I? Uh, better doctor, a better nurse, whatever it is. Because NLP is so good at giving people these tertiary skills that allow people to just be better I want people to be better. Does that make sense? So I'm kind of making a standing and right, I'm going to bring my prices down. It might fail miserably. I might make a loss and go bankrupt. I might make no difference to bookings whatsoever and nobody cares about the price and nobody books. But until I run the experiment through and see whether it makes a difference, I can't say. So I'm looking to put together a range of trainings next year and keep the prices. I'm afraid they're still going to be perceivably expensive because there's so many costs involved that I can't bring it down any lower than I have. But it's about just having the guts about saying, right, I'm gonna make less profit. And that's all it comes down to. I'm gonna make less profit. Um, and if I make less income off it, I make less income off it. And I, I don't want to run any more courses because I've got like some staying parents, so I'm not running any more courses. So it's not gonna be a volume thing. So the quality isn't gonna drop off. I'm just, to be honest, I'm doing it to see what happens.
1: what's what's wrong with that you know like you said times have changed (laughs) things have moved on I think my my mother knows that I'm I've trained in NLP yeah with your all with yourself up to NLP coach level and then she says the other day um, what is it that Joel does Mm -hmm. my missus says NLP (laughs) she says you know guess guess what I've just done I was like she's I know what she's done she's gone and bought an online course Mm you know, £16 a month. I'm like, why didn't you just contact me? Yeah. I could have contacted you. <laughs> I could have asked when your next class was and then you could have had a full engaging, rounded experience of what NLP is. Yeah. Because you can't possibly, I don't think you can possibly get that online.
0: Online's great for CPD, continued professional development. Online's great for that. You can watch yeah. video, book, stuff like that. It's brilliant for that sort of thing. But for your first touch.
1: Yeah. You want to, you, well, you get, You made us do stuff. Yeah. You took us through, you know, exercises that we had to do. I mean, completely out of my comfort zone role playing. I'm still not comfortable with it now. But, like, it was good to be going, you know, pushed into that because sooner or later, and I have been, and I use it every day in work, that confidence is is built on. Yeah. You know? So it's not just the skills you develop. It's the confidence, the self-esteem, and self-worth boost that comes with it
0: yeah you know confidence has to be earned it's as simple as that you can't you know a lot of nlp talks about instant confidence i I don't necessarily i i, I think that's confident in your ability to become confident yeah. um confidence has to be earned you can't you can't go oh you know someone comes out and goes oh the pilot's just died can anyone land this plane and you put your hand up and go ah oh, never done it before but i give it a go That'd be fine you know that's that that's that's not you know that's that that's the sort of stuff that, to be blunt, people like Anthony Roberts is vlogging, and it's very successful and very lucrative, but it's fake and it's false and it's saccharine and it's empty. Sadly, that's the stuff that makes you mega bucks, Disappointingly, you know, if you, you know, I could I, I used to talk to my friend, my martial arts instructor, in fact, Bob, and we used to talk about just doing these happy happy courses because that's that's what people want. It's it, Unfortunately, that that's what sucks people in. People will go for the easy and the simple and the quick and the rah 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 over the hard slog. And it's not that hard to be fair. It's only got seven days. It's not exactly, you know, it's not exactly you doing a PhD or anything like that. You know, it's not not like we we we're not at that level. You know, it's something that anyone can learn if they apply themselves to it. But yeah, people will just go. Ooh, I did three days with Anthony Robbins. It's great fun. Don't get me wrong. I love a bit of Anthony Robbins, but he doesn't teach you anything tangible. No, you just feel good about yourself.
1: I, yeah, I, I wouldn't term your classes as a slog. The, when, 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 when I when <laughs> I come home from the classes, <laughs> when I come home, I was always buzzing
2: Yeah,
1: because I had something immediately
2: yeah.
1: I had learned that day and I would be like, I'm one of these, uh, I don't know why I do it, but I'll explain to the missus and show her and take her through the process. And then I, I feel that I used to feel a need, I don't do it so much now, to tell them what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> which, which I don't know if that's, if that's me trying to cement my learning or what but what I mean? think I used to cook her head with that
0: yeah it, it's the way it works it's you know I knew a guy who wanted a coach and he would he wasn't a very good coach bless him because he would explain the coaching process to the coach to the coaching, it and so you don't need to explain the process to them you don't need to tell them what you're doing You just talk to them about it. And I think for you, it was a learning experience. You had to talk it through. That was part of your learning strategy. You had to talk it through to make sense to you. Because sometimes we have to talk to know what we know. You know, we have to say stuff to go, oh, I knew that. I didn't realise that. Um, Whereas, uh, you know, when you're working with a client, you don't need to explain the process unless they specifically ask or you think it will benefit them. Because some people like to know the process. Some people like to know what you're doing and, and the reason you're doing it. That's great. But, you know, yeah not for everyone it will, it will lengthen the sessions and you'll make more money because you'll do double the amount of sessions i suppose
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's the other side of it and that's the, and then that comes down to ethics and morals then, isn't yeah. it? because yeah. i've categorically told my clients i do new year longer than you need to be yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. I, I i like doing the one shot kills i really love the one shot kill sessions i love the i did a guy the other week and he was um uh, he was, wanted a bit of coaching on the meta model, with a bit of tuition on the meta model. He was an NLP master practitioner, but sadly had gone to one of the people who didn't really understand the meta model, because uh, most NLP trainers don't understand the meta model, and, um, uh, and, and, and he had to present it to somebody. to a a training not as part of an NLP training but as part of the package he was presenting and I sat down I talked him through some of the NLP and you could hear he was over the phone and you could hear the aha moments as he was getting stuff and I was like that's what I want and he said I want to come back for another session I said I don't think you need to I think you're done you know you, you, you let me know how you get on by all means but you know we've we've done it and and it's bad because well i like long-term clients as well don't get me wrong i like um i like clients you can really get to the meat and bones of them but you've got to be people you can work with by which i mean people who have that long-term need a lot of people i work with you know they say they need long-term coaching and within two or three sessions maybe less you go you're done you know, just maybe come back in a year's time for a top up if you fancy it. But right now, you do. And I've I've made the mistake of this is why I'm no longer going to sell packages. It's just one price, one session. Because people are paid for four sessions, you're done in two. And then you kind of sneakily do something in the other two sessions because they paid for them. Yeah. Um, and you've probably already spent the money. <laughs> 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 uh, so, and then you think, well, that wasn't congruent. You know, that wasn't particularly you know, moral of me because. I've probably wasted two good sessions with them there. You know, yeah. so it's um, it's getting and it's just about judging the client and making certain At the end of the day, you're the least important person, and so many people get into this because they just want to, you know, ride their own ego. Yeah. And they want to be the, you know, the, the top, top, you know, the, the coolest person in the room, and they're, they're, they're the people who become evangelical and preach. And you think, Ooh, no. Anyway, I'm getting really. This is bad. I feel bad because I'm feeling really critical of everyone else in the coaching environment. But there's loads of really I, the guy I've really got into recently actually, uh, I've been I've always been put off by him, but then I watched a video clip of him. Is that Gary Vee chat you kept going yeah. on about? Never liked him for some reason. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was something I never got had anything wrong with his message. I just didn't like his, Same. his style as it were. Yeah. And, um, and you know, that's, that's fine. You know, you can't like everyone. I'm sure he doesn't care. You, no one, you know, uh, you can't get everyone to like you. Some people just don't like you because they don't like I'm sure there's people listening to this head thinking, who's this idiot waffling on a Joel? I'm going to turn this off and listen to that. I'm sure there are. Um, <sighs> but he did a great video about passive income and the passive income myth. And I was going, oh, and, and you know what? I watched it. I went, oh, Gary, I wish I had the balls to say it like that. <laughs> uh, with, this guy asked about passive income and basically Gary went, you're a fucking idiot, mate. And I was like, I wish I had balls to do that, Gary. You mean, know, be little, this guy, in a nice way, yeah. you'd do him a favour, but it's just the way he went about it. I was going, because he was spot on, you know, the, the bullshit passive income myth all over the internet. The only people that get rich from that are the people who are selling the passive income myth, yeah. you know. And I've fallen for some of them. Because I was trying to start a business, so I fall for uh, the ones who try and flog you online. Co- or create an online course, make a fortune. Yeah, no, you don't. No, you don't. Don't make any money whatsoever. Um, the only person that made money is the person who flogged you the thing, telling you how to make an online course. It's why everybody's an SEO, uh, uh, you know, a search engine optimization consultant, because that you know that's the only way to make money out of search engine optimization. <laughs>
2: yeah, no. Yeah.
0: Uh, but anyway, I'm feeling really me. I'm feeling like I'm being really critical of the whole field, and that's really bad. Should we talk about something more optimistic and cool? I'm <laughs> I tell feel- you I'm want to talk like- I'm feeling a bit like I've just been like
1: a grumpy old man. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you get on rants. It's
0: brilliant. Well, no, the <laughs> thing is, I, I, I hope it is clear, and I hope your listeners are clear that I'm not. I really hope I, I I'm not coming from a place of arrogance. Because I know my foibles, I know my failings. And I think what frustrates me is where other people don't. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah you've got
1: insights that you haven't got.
0: It's, it's probably my, just my desperate insecurities coming through. You know, I joked about that when I started a martial arts club. You know, or, you know, the only reason you do martial arts is because you're desperately insecure. What other point are you going to get punched in the face for? You know, it's, you only do it because, you know. You know like, the martial arts world is, is even worse, it's full of like, just full of bitchy little girls. Because you're only getting to martial arts if you're insecure. That's the only reason you do them. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you wouldn't otherwise. Well, I'm going to break ribs. Well, build my ego. you um, wouldn't we do just, so, yeah. But anyway, so should we talk about something a little bit more positive? Yeah.
1: Think, let me let me go into something you said earlier yeah. on uh, about being a stay-at-home dad, but yes. touching also on something you also mentioned. Um, you don't. I think you I can't remember the exact words but it made me think of the Jahari window, which you taught me. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, no, let's, let's go into the discussion on being a stay-at-home dad okay. and then see if we could bring that into it at some point in the topic.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, this is this is really what we should have been talking here today. If anyone's listening to this, skip through that 15-minute preamble. Put this at the start. So if you want to hear two bitter old men moaning about the state of the people, <laughs> listen to the first 15 minutes of this podcast. If you want to listen to something useful skip forward 15 minutes and then i'll start talking about something else um,
1: I do not. i'm actually going to take that clip out of there right and i'll put that at the start of the episode <laughs> i bet you it has loads of views
0: oh that'd be brilliant um <laughs> so yeah so i'm a stay at home dad i i i won't go into the whole reason of why i'm a stay at home dad because i appreciate with we, time is short but um you know, it's it's really interesting being a stay-at-home parent, and I'm hoping that you've got stay-at-home parents listening to this, or people who maybe want to be stay-at-home parents. Maybe they're just starting their journey of having children. Um, and, and you know, whether it's different, it's, it is a little bit different being a man. Um, you know, because it's the only, it's one of the very few things where sexism counts against you. Because you know, ah, oh, dad's at home. Oh, doing doing babysitting today? Are you? No, I'm 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 being a parent today because that's that's what I am I'm a parent um but on the plus side people kind of put up with your incompetencies more so sometimes you can get away with it you know but where, around here where I live actually where I used to live I was pretty much the only dad going to these baby groups and I was kind of a bit of a novelty but around here there's a lot of dads who are stay at home and I don't know if it's just been a few years it's shifted and it's becoming more acceptable or it's just a geographical thing um but you know being a stay-at-home parent But going from what I did to being a parent is absolutely fascinating. And the one thing it's done for me is completely changed or or reconnected a mindset and taught me something. And it's only fairly recently actually that I've got this because sometimes I can be a bit of a slow learner. And, um, And it's only very recently I've got this about, and it's something that Tim Ferriss, who doesn't get the irony of what he talks about, talks about appreciation over achievement, which is an irony if you know anything about Tim Ferriss, because he's all achievement. But yeah, you know, (laughs) Um, and and then he talks about it's it's it's. I could go into a mad rant about how how mindfulness has been stolen by the you know the neo-lib Silicon Valley idiots, and they've turned mindfulness into a productivity tool. Yeah, now without me again, sound like a bitter and twisted old man. Fuck off! It's not a productivity tool. Mindfulness is not a productivity tool and I'm sick of people selling it like it is. It's a bit like going, oh, well, we won't take the whole ethical and moral and spiritual groundings of Buddhism. We'll just take this one little bit. this one little bit because we can commodify it and we can package it and we can sell it and we can make money off it. Yeah. And then you have people like Headspace. You make bazillion pounds selling people substandard mindfulness because people don't know the difference because they've just got out there and marketed it like crazy. You get people like that fella that wrote the 10% happier book that is, you know, sells millions of copies because what people have done is they've taken my, and I've got a point here, Joel, don't worry. Um, uh, they've taken mindfulness and they've taken productivity and they've pushed it. Yeah. Whereas what you discover when you're a parent is we are so ingrained in the achievement mindset. From the minute we kids productivity achievement goal setting productivity achievement goal setting productivity achievement goal setting, you've got kids. How often? How many days do you sit back and go, "Oh, it's a shit day," and you say it's a shit day because I got nothing done? Yeah, it's basically if I do, and our mindset goes like this: achievement good, not achievement bad. We have to be achieving, and that is an unhealthy mindset for everyone, but especially an unhealthy mindset for a parent because. It's not about, you've got to change your, you've got to change your entire goal setting mindset. So I started thinking about a broader topic about why we're we so obsessed with goals and achievement and productivity. Why? We're obsessed with it in the Western world, obsessed with it. Goal setting, product, you know, productivity, achievement. That, those are the three, you know, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, isn't it? You know, productivity, goal-setting, achievement. That That is it. And it's like you get people who are, it's all about achievement, setting goals, how to easily and effortlessly get the goals you want to get and all this stuff. And it's it's this treadmill of success or non-success, success or non-success. Oh, I failed my goal. I didn't achieve it. I'm depressed. Ooh. Or I got my goal. I feel good. And we, we, we judge our value and our worth as human beings on what we've achieved. And that, if you think about that for 30 seconds, you start to realise quite how absurd it is from that moment, which is bad. Because, you know, NLP is all about achieving goals, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's not. That's the thing. It's not. That, it's not about achieving goals. It, it's something that you can use NLP for as achieving goals if you want to. Um, you know, Richard Bandler, it's all about state. If you look at Richard Bandler, it's all about getting a better state. That's all Bandler cares about get a better state so you life in a better state so you're less grumpy and happier most of the time and that's what he uses nlp for Um, and that's what the guy that taught me nlp used it for you know so um but yeah so it's it's being a parent you've got to really change that mindset from goal setting achievement because days would go by where i don't get anything done as you know anyone with young kids will know this you know i'm I'm not i'm not i don't think i'm saying anything revolutionary you know or, or you know particularly profound because kids live in the moment and kids will win. This is the thing. Kids will win. Because they have, they are they are like little Buddhas, aren't they really? Or little psychopaths, depending on which way you look at them. Uh, because I always, I always make you laugh, you know, people think psychopaths are cool. Psychopaths are basically grown up toddlers, when you think about it for a second. They have no empathy. It's all about them. It's me, 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 me. And I'll go nuts and kill you if I don't get what I want. That's basically <laughs> yeah, a, a toddler. Um, but toddlers are great as well because it's like living in a house with a tiny drunk. Um, Cause they just, they just fall over fact, and, 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 and fart and, and do all that sort of stuff. And my daughter, bless her, she's only two and a half and she is so, I just watch it all day cause she's just so fun. She's just, just literally. It's, I've got a very good friend of mine called Andy. I'm sure he will not mind him. And he's, he was, a, he was a really good fun drunk when we were teenagers. Most of my stories start. Me and my mate Andy, we were drunk, right? And had <laughs> um, some of them. <laughs> and um, what's one <laughs> about when I blow up his conservatory with a firework? Um... <laughs> no no we've got time uh, and she's like but you just watch them and we'll win because kids live in the moment they're little buddhas they've got all that life force that's been drained from us because we've given it all to them so we're all like burnt out husks of human beings who just want a decent night's sleep I think it's Johnny Depp isn't it he talks about he used to talk about you talk about sleep like used to talk about partying you know I had eight hours last night it was amazing <laughs> Um that's that's a that's a goal to have as a parent, isn't it? They've changed the goal Yeah. If I'm, so um Andrew Clover talks about in his books are so brilliant and he talks about how don't read parenting books, sleep. You know, don't waste the time reading parenting books. If you have spare time, sleep. Sleep will do you better. And it's true, you know, I'm crotchety crotched in bad temper, does? does <laughs> good. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in bad temper because I haven't slept for four and a half years. <laughs> that's what happens though. I know. And I'm 43. I should have done this in my 20s. Now, like you were sensible. You had kids, what, early 30s, like that. Yeah, early 30s. Yeah, you, see, you got through all that stuff. Now you're just dealing with teenagers, aren't you? So it's, uh, yeah,
1: you know, so, oh, seven is the youngest one, so... Oh, so, yeah. yeah. He, he still comes in and hogs the bed. So, you yeah. know...
0: Yeah. I know, um, neither of us sleep particularly well, but particularly Dougie doesn't sleep very well. And, um, and, uh, and, and, and I was talking to my brother-in-law, and their, their youngest didn't sleep till he was seven. Yeah, that's, I wouldn't want really to imagine that. But you, I, you, you learn a lot about yourself being a parent, don't you? And uh, what, what I've mainly discovered is what a bad human being I am. <laughs> 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 you know, I used to think I was good. NLP trainer. Hey, I'm an NLP trainer. Uh, you know, I'm good at, like, negotiation skills. Yeah, I'm good at I like, slight amount of metamorphosis persuasion and hey i'm good at controlling my state because i do nlp so i can get it into i've got anchors i can fire an anchor and become positive motivated. Woohoo no no i was i was fooling myself entirely i was no now i'm like i can go from grumpy to slightly more grumpy that's my range (laughs) uh, my son and particularly my daughter forget it they are you know like un negotiators you know you, you break every rule under the sun the minute you're parenting. You realise that rules are irrelevant. You go, we're never going to, uh, we're never going to do this out and the other. Then immediately, ten seconds later, yeah, it happens. Yeah, I think <laughs> who's that fellow that the place, Thor, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. He said, "Why is it? He said, "They've got a cup full of sweets because basically that's how you get through parenting. you know bribery. That's the way it works, isn't it? It's just like you just bribe them all the time. It's that. It's that. You know. It's like dealing with Donald Trump because it's that. You know. It's that. Um, you, know, uh, you know. Mindset of well, if I want something, if I'm going to do something, I want something in return. You know, it's like, it always is, isn't it? It's like, and we were going, oh, no, we're not going, we're not going to do external external validation. We're not going to do, um, you know, like reward charts and things like that, because, because that's creating um, validation and making external. And that's not good for child self-efficacy and growth mindset. Now it's like, come with me, you can have a magazine. <laughs> you, know, Lego, you can have Lego, but we have got to get in the car right now. I'll give you 50 quid get in the car. <laughs> hundred pounds get in the car now we're gonna be late for school um (laughs) straight away isn't it it's like everything goes out the window um but yeah so so you learn a lot about yourself being a parent and the big one like i said to, to me and i think the most serious one is how an achievement mindset is actually surprisingly unhealthy if you are and i think i don't think that's just for parents i think a lot of people would be happier if they just gave up on their hopes and dreams um, I don't I, I've, I've said that in a smartly sarcastic way I'm, <laughs> I've said
1: really, I'm glad you clarified that I, I,
0: I've said that mildly sarcastic well very sarcastically but what I mean is <laughs> once you start putting some external requirement on what it is you have to have to be happy mm. then you're in trouble because the other thing you learn from parents is true a natural our natural mental state And as far as i can tell and this is purely simply anecdotal our natural mental state is happy think about it see a baby unless they're hungry or uncomfortable or cold or tired they're happy gurgling and blah, blah blah children it's the same they're very happy until the problem is toddlers they're happy until something comes and triggers it and the problem is everything triggers them when they're toddlers isn't it so, you know, so they're happy for like 10 seconds at a time but our natural state is happiness, and once we start stacking on top all this external stuff that we've been told will make us happy and try and achieve that the house, the car, the job, the dream, the goal blah 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 we're just getting we're, we're piling stuff on top of the happiness, which makes it harder to get to, not easier. And then you read more books about goal setting, you like more YouTube videos about you know, um. You know the secret or or whatever and 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 you just pile it on and when i've got a million pounds in the bank i'll be happy and when i've got three million pounds i'll be happy when i'm driving on Audi, i'll be happy when i've got ferrari i'll be happy and the problem is we habituate so the minute we the, the minute we get the one thing yay i've got the car i always wanted i'm happy for about 10 seconds because then we habituate the car we get used to it the feelings go away and then we want something else in its place, and we go not happy with the car anymore, and we want another car, and then and and, and unfortunately this is what the Western world of consumerism has tapped into. It, I, I don't think it'd be too much of an exaggeration to say that the entirety of the structure of the Western world is designed to make some happy. Um, because if you're happy where you are now, you don't strive. And if you don't strive, you don't work hard and we lose productivity and you don't make money for whoever wants you to make money so and we don't go and buy things because if you're happy you don't need to buy stuff and if you don't, so so the whole consumerist mindset is is very much designed to make us aware of what we haven't got
1: yeah yeah i can Um, see that
0: and then the whole self-help industry is built around easy quick fix ways of getting what you haven't got and if you spend two hundred ninety-seven dollars, but today for you only 97 dollars. If you buy the next thirty seconds, only seven dollars. And pages and pages and all those, you know, like, it's all video, all videos now, though, isn't it? it? Used to be like pages and pages and pages and pages. I think this is ever, Now it's like some guy boring you with a video on Facebook for five, like, having banal stuff uh, many times before, and uh, and um and and so. It, it's, we need we need a different form of self help. Does that make sense? We need we need a slower self help. We need a uh, a more idle self help. You know we need to be we need to reconnect with that inner idler or our inner you know uh, is, 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 I've done a lot of work with a guy called Rob Ringham who's an amazing. You should get him on the podcast actually. He's an amazing guy. Escape and, everything.
1: Oh, sorry. Escape everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he, to be fair with Rob, he's probably the flip side of probably most people you have on the the show because he's very much about you know escaping uh, the, the grind, but most people escape the grind by attempting to be successful elsewhere, whereas Rob's approach is kind of escape the grind by forget the whole concepts of success. You know, because he's a minimalist, he believes that the less you have, the less lumber you have, um, you know, the more you'll achieve, the, the, the happier you'll be, because you've got less to worry about. Um, and, you know, I've been reading The Idler, which is a brilliant magazine and I recommend everybody reads it. The Idler, Tom, Hod- Tom Hodgson's stuff. Um, uh, it's a magazine, The Idler. If you go to idler.co.uk, um, it's been going since the early 90s. So I've been reading it for about 15 years. And um, and it's all about basically the the imbalance in life and the fact that we've moved away from that. Even our spare time now is about achieving things. You know, it's, I, you get people who have to, you know, climb mountains or take part in marathons or city runs where people get muddy. And, you know, and I, I, you know, we, we don't allow time for idleness anymore, you know, you know, just sit around reading the book and doing nothing. You know, we're beaten up for that. You know, oh, you shouldn't be sitting around reading the book and doing nothing, you should go out and do something. Um, and I think we need to get this back. I'm not saying you have to give up on goals. We all have to achieve stuff. We've got to pay the bills. But I think there's, a, there's an imbalance that people need to get back. And when we're constantly sold about achievement, it's society. Like, say, you know, my son's coming home from school now and he's, he started school in September. And it's all about achievement, isn't it? Who is the score that the Welsh government has placed down that he's got to achieve by the end of the year? Otherwise, he's not a good person. And then in America, you've got all like SAT tests and then schools have to get that outstanding because satisfactory. Have you noticed how the word satisfactory seems to have become the exact opposite of its, uh, of its dictionary definition? You know?
1: No, I, I, I never read up on Satisfactory
0: another. basically means nowadays, doesn't it? Unsatisfactory, really. Oh, well, I suppose yeah, that's yeah. satisfactory. Yeah. Satisfactory yeah. should be, well, satisfying, but it's not anymore. It's like, oh, well,
1: satisfaction. Yeah, it'll do.
0: Yeah, exactly, it'll do. And yeah. that, again, is bad, because then that's basically saying, well, satisfactory isn't good enough anymore. We have yeah. to achieve. And to, 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 to nick a joke from Alan Sugar that I thought was the funniest thing I saw in my life, he said um some guy said I, I was outstanding in my school qualifications and um, alan she said what does that mean you haven't got the results yet because of the ambiguity of the word outstanding you know results of outstanding what like i haven't got it and i thought oh alan that's that's a why have i never noticed that before that's a brilliant phonological ambiguity and then ever since then if anyone talks about you know their self-help stuff outstanding i'm like what you know so I- <laughs> You know, because um, it's just very, I missed it for so many years, and it's and it's Alan Sugar said it, that's brilliant. And so even satisfactory isn't satisfactory anymore. So we've got to. I'm not saying we can't do a goal or mindset. There's nothing wrong with achieving things, and there's things we have to achieve. But I think that's all you're focused on. You you you're placing all your happiness into the future. Yeah. When is- I achieve this. And, you know, there's these apocryphal tales. I don't know how true they are about, you know, uh, astronauts being really depressed after they've landed on the moon. Because once you land on the moon, you know, where do you go from there? I've, I've genuinely never checked whether that's true or not, but I've heard some of the anecdotes on, on, on several occasions. So I could understand how that's true. Yeah. It's like once you've got it. It's like you see these sports people and they get one championship and they're really happy. Then have to get another one. Then have to get another one. You see, with Lewis Hamilton at the moment in Formula, I'm not a big Formula One fan, but it's the one place it's jumped out at me. Is he's you know he's now going to break every record. once he's broken every record. Or where's he going to go from there? The minute he loses a championship, can you imagine yeah. how he's going to feel? Because yeah. <laughs> because it's all been on about you know achievement, 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 and it, it it's it's unhealthy. Yet we all that's what we're all sold, and it's
1: where where do you think that comes from because you're talking to a very pertinent point actually because me and the missus have just come to this point where we were slog like I'm not sure if you if it was you mentioned it last time but the, like the 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 grind and hustle porn
2: yeah. oh yeah
1: I, I don't I freaking buy into that right not at all this is why I didn't like Gary V he yeah. used to put me off completely yeah. but there was one or two messages I slipped through and I thought actually if you take away that aspect of his message, some of the what he's saying is quite pertinent, quite you know, and quite true. For me like. Um so we sort of come to this point where one weekend we just because we were both stressed out, Mrs. is pursuing her business. I'm trying to create my thing. Yeah. And we just went, fuck it, you're not doing yeah. anything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just to see what happens, like, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was refreshing because we it allowed us to stand back and think, well actually nothing's crumbled, nothing's broken. Yeah. The, the, the core importance, which is family for us, is still here thriving. In fact, we've been more engaged this weekend than any weekend we have been because we're not trying to create or build something. Yeah. So we sort of come to it on our own, but we have to at this point of like critical mass point where you're feeling stressed, you're feel completely unfulfilled, and pissed off with everything. But then you need to just think, okay, I'm at this point, what can I do yeah. about that?
0: Yeah. And it, it it's still about designing your life. It, yeah. And that's still uh, the irony there is of course you're still attempting to achieve something. You know, I, um, Sorry. Um, you're still attempting to achieve something. It's just your chain your your so you, there's a sort of a slight irony that you know you can't get away from goal setting and achievement. It's just what you're doing is you're trying to achieve something slightly different rather than I think kids trying to get in. Can you hear that in the background. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, you, 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 you just trying to achieve something different. And it, it's, I think it's that it, it comes down to that, that balance, you know, it's about recognizing where you're just striving for the sake of striving hustle porn. This is what I am meant to do. This is what I am meant to achieve. And it comes down to that external internal thing. I was just talking about sort of rather sarcastically with children is, and I, I seriously worry about this is the external validation, Side of things, you know, you know, from NLP with you know your meta models. I kind not spoke about this last time. Um, your external, your internal meta model, I am um, meta program, even sorry. And I think they're that, that's two, that's one of the most important meta programs because if you're an externally validated person, I don't think you're ever going to be overly happy because you're always looking for external validation for your happiness. Does that make sense or for everything? Um, but if you're internally validating you're probably more comfortable yourself. So you are probably less striving more like one of the guys that I know is coolest guy. I'm one of the coolest guys. I've got a proper job. He has like 150,000. Yeah. But he doesn't care about that stuff because it's all about internal validation. It's all about the journey. It's all about how he's enjoying it. And because he's done that, he's become really successful. But he's become really successful because he's done something he's really, it just happens to be the thing he really enjoys doing is really well paid. That's that's the only reason he's doing it. If he enjoyed, you know, something else that wasn't as well paid, I'm sure he would have pursued that instead, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because it was all about the internal validation, Where and he doesn't understand the really stressed people in the office. Because, of course, they're all seeking it. They're all driving around. and He, doesn't, he hasn't even got his driving license. He can't even drive. And, um, and he doesn't own a house. He rents it. And, uh, and he's got all these people who are buying these like, big six-bedroom houses and mortgaging themselves up to the hill and driving around in the latest like, fancy cars but always moaning their skin even though they're earning a fortune. And he's going, I don't understand it. Why, why are they doing this? And he's this real unique little sort of like Buddha figure. That it's like he's a person that nothing stresses him out because he recognises that, you know, people are just idiots. So, you know, it's like he's like, well, that's that's just the way people react isn't that? that's just what people do why well, am I going to get stressed about someone cutting me up in traffic that's what humans do we cut people in traffic you know and is this proper because he's very internally validated he, 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 one could say he's quite selfish but I, I don't think that's right I don't think selfish I don't think internally validation equals selfishness at all I think that's a different different matter program but if you're externally validated you're always looking for external validation external support external meaning to your life people are you, you need people to heap praise on you to feel good, and if people give you criticism, then you feel bad. Whereas if you're internally validated, if someone gives you criticism, you're like, "Well, that's what they think," you know, and I might yeah. take it way on board and consider what they said. But you'd probably consider it quite fairly. And oh, actually, yeah, that was a fair point. You got to do that. I understand that. That's fine. Whereas if you're externally validated, the minute you get criticism, you're like, "Oh my god, what have I done wrong? Oh, it's dreadful. Oh, they hate me. The world is awful." Um, and and I worry with external validation with children. And, in, and I've, I've noticed it a, a lot. I think we spoke, I don't think we spoke about it in a podcast, but I think we spoke about it in a coaching session. Um, maybe, maybe I'm right, maybe you can correct me. Um, about things I like, remember when Super Nanny came out. Yeah. You know, it was all about the naughty step and reward charts, which now have been completely debunked. Reward charts have been shown to be next to useless and should not be used. Yet people are still flogging them because they make money. Yeah. At the end of the day. Um, But it's interesting how that generation that grew up with the super nanny, you know, naughty steps, reward charts, all that sort of stuff have now drifted into social media. And social media is all about external validation, isn't it? It's all about likes. It's all about thumbs up and hearts and all that stuff. And comments and criticism and, and all that nonsense. So if you've grown up through external validation and fall into the world of social media as a teenager, where your hormones are all over the shop and you're shot anyway, let's be honest, being a teenager was horrible. Um, And then you confront the world of external validation through social media. Like, we were lucky we didn't have any of that nonsense. If people were going to be mean to us, they'd be mean to us to our faces. You know, now they're, (laughs) now they can be mean to you online. You can poke them in the eye. You know, if you were allowed to do that. Or you weren't, obviously, I never advocate violence. Um, uh, well, well, maybe. um, I it's Thai boxing. Uh, <laughs> um, so now they've falling into the world of social media where it's all about external validation. And we wonder why all kids are suffering from anxiety and depression at 14 or 15. And, 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 and sadly, I'm and, and being lighthearted about this it, because it's a serious issue. Kids are killing themselves because of what people are sending to them on social media. Yeah. People, uh, kids are self-harming because of stuff they're on social media, and that's purely simply because of that external validation bullshit that they were given as kids. And it's not the parents' fault. I am not criticizing any because we just spoke about it. You do it. You fall into that trap of going, if "I get given a sweet, just get me in the car." Um, but it's the people who sold them that shit in the first place mm-hmm. that has now been clearly debunked. But in some places, it's too late because you're getting some kids who are in a mess now because of that. So it's about that external, internal validation. And once you can internalize your, your hopes and dreams and goals and become about that and not about the external reward, I think that's the thing to aim for personally. You know, it's about looking like you said, it's about why are we doing this hustle porn? Well we're doing hustle porn because that's what we're expected to do because that's what we see outside with what other people are selling us. And you've got to take a second and go, do you need, I've never worked more than eight hours a week. I've been running my own business since two thousand. I've never worked. At, I, I don't even believe in the principle of hustle porn. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I'd be like, oh right, it's ten o'clock at night. Um, I should maybe. I don't know. I should be doing some work. Oh, um, maybe I should send some emails. Oh, I'm all caught up. Um, maybe I should write a blog post. Oh, well, I've done it. Um, you know, and it's. What are these people? If you're spending eight hours a week at work doing anything, you want to check your productivity, mate. You know, you got to got to check how efficient you're being because you're not being efficient if you've got to do that many hours. It's 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 it's, it's a lie and it's a lieless and healthy. you mind into it, and it all comes down to external. I think it comes down to the external internal validation. That's kind of my pet theory is the wrong word, pet model at the moment. I'm playing with is it's about getting people internally validate getting people internally validating themselves so when they look at hopes and dreams and goals and plans and and all that sort of stuff it's coming from the right place if someone turns around to me and says they want a ferrari i know they're they're in the wrong place does that make sense they're in the wrong headspace to steal someone else's probably copyrighted material um and that they're in the wrong you know universe as it were cosmology it's it's about internalizing it so once you are then it's then you can start designing the life you want rather than the life that you think you should have because somebody has sold it to you and that's what you think should be happy. And that, coming full circle, is what I've learned from parenting. You know, I've always been, I've gone into Buddhism in 95, so you think I would have been fairly immune to this stuff, but because I'm in the world of NLP and self-development and you read books about it, you kind of get sucked into that success mindset. Yeah, yeah you know, that kind of Anthony Robbins, hoo-ha, woo-hoo stuff. And then you find yourself going, yeah, well, I've got to achieve this goal. I've got to have this and I've got to have that. And then particularly when you're a coach, you start feeling you've got to play the game. So I've got to have my LinkedIn profile that makes me look really successful. And I've got to have this and I've got to have that. And then, and that's kind of what I was working towards. And I was, I was feeling, you know, I was driving a Lexus RX, you know, like a 60 grand car and And I had an American Express insurance card. Ooh, And I was wearing like 500, 5,000 5, pound suits. And I had like a, you know, 6,000 pound Amiga watch. And hey, I was having everything. And you know my. Three hundred pound Montblanc pens. Hey, I've got all this stuff, and it was kind of I was wrong. and Then I had kids, <laughs> and then all that went. You know, and now I drive a Toyota Verso, and I, have, you know, I wear a macacasio because my kids are ripping up my wrist all the time and forget the Montblanc pens there in a drawer somewhere because the kids aren't getting their hands on those. You know, and we shop at Aldi and eat baked beans, and um, you know, and it's and and for a while you go, ooh. Where's all that lovely stuff gone? I feel depressed because I don't have my external validation anymore that tells me I'm successful. And then you suddenly go, hang on a minute. I've got a really nice house and a really nice wife and two lovely kids. And let's be honest, all I've got to achieve today is get them fed and bathed and dressed and the eldest to school. Which, to be fair, is a battle within itself, isn't it? You know, Anyone that's watched Michael McIntyre, the standard comedian, knows those three or four things, you, you might as well be trying to save the world. You know, you know I, I can still Brexit happens. Global warming, easy. Get my kid in the bath, you know, fix that one. Um, so, you know, it changes your mindset. And I think that's, so, so that's where I'm coming from nowadays is that kind of internal focus, more idle, slower, more appreciative mindset over the achievement, thing, which has rekindled my sort of like take on, on Buddhism as it were. And I've sort of got very back involved in it because it had drifted away over the years whilst I got distracted. And even though I was still meditating and things like that, and I found it was useful for my mindset, I kind of lost the, the, the more framework around it, you know, the important framework around it. And I had sort of just been meditating. So, so it was, um, so it was important to kind of get that having children's really got that back. And I think you don't need children to have it. That's the thing. I'm not saying, well, oh, you lost a bit of a mess, go and have kids. <laughs> you know, I'm not suggesting that. But it's 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 that thing about it, it, it's the click in the mindset. And it made me think about the broader topic of you know success over appreciation. You know, you know, in the great thing has I been mean, we need the poops in my kids. You know, again, and Winnie the Pooh—you forget—is the greatest, the greatest role model. I think we can have right now. I think don't read any self-help books. Read Winnie the Pooh again, and like I, the Pooh. I think that will teach people a lot, a lot more. Know, the Tower Pooh. Yes, the Tower Pooh is an absolutely brilliant book. The Tower Pooh. Oh. Yeah, it's um. I've been I've I go reading my I've been reading my my kids reading the poo, and I remembered the the Daryl poo, so I went and I dug out my old copy of it, and as I picked it up all the all the pages fell out of the cover. I was like, it's that old and that worn out, and I, I've reread it, and I was like, this this is what I want to be doing. The the, the 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 poo mindset is what I want to be doing right now, not the Paul McKenna. Forget Paul McKenna. Go Winnie the Pooh. You know, it's nothing wrong with Paul. He's lovely chap, but you know, it's a different different mindset, and I think. And and I know we're, we're getting close to tight on time. So and there's a great little sort of, you've probably seen it. It's one of my favourite little stories. I've been using it for years. But there's a great little uh, sort of like story or anecdote or analogy or whatever you want to call it that I think sums this up perfectly. I don't know if you've heard it or not, but it might be a really nice place to end unless you have any more questions because I've waffled on there for quite a while.
1: I was going to ask you before, to do with this, like maybe two steps for yeah. people that are listening to maybe get them. Mm. In, into if they resonate with what you're saying you know towards their own solution around this oh yes
0: oh sorry yes. some some workable things sorry Yeah, it's, it's alright listen to me two one read the of poop. yeah anyway. but secondly something Michael Breen taught me um, I've got to give credit where it's due Michael Breen who's to, to my money one of the greatest NLP trainers out there uh, he, he really affected the way I think about NLP some of it he validated what I'd worked out for myself Some of it he taught me, if that makes sense. You know, sometimes I listen to Michael Breen and go, Yeah, I know that. And sometimes I'll listen to Michael Breen and go, Oh, that's a really cool way of looking at that. I've never thought about that. And I think that's important when you've got a teacher. Part of it is about validating what you already know know, as much as learning something new. And and he said, When you have a goal or an outcome or a, a hope or a dream or a challenge or whatever it is, ask yourself this simple question What will it do for me? get me or give me? What will it do for me, get me or give me? And what you find when you do that and then you will go up a level. Does that make sense? You go up a level of, of, of sort of generalization as it were and then you go, okay, I want a really nice fancy car or well, what will it do for me, get me or give me? Well, when I've got that really fancy car, it will make me feel like I've hit a level of success because I've always wanted that fancy car. Now I've got it, I feel successful. Okay, so what will that sense of success do for you get you or give you well it will give me a sense of self-validation for example I've validated that I've, I've done what I want to do okay what will that do for you get you or give you and eventually you will hit state-based stuff does that make sense very quickly you'll hit state-based stuff and um, so it might be something healthy you want to get healthy you want to run a mile because that'll make you healthy and being healthy make you fitter and you know you're less likely to get horrible diseases which will make you feel more comfortable to give you a better lifestyle which then and, and eventually you'll hit state-based stuff, which will be I, I want to be happy or I want to be just ah you know and once you get that well just do that. Does that make sense? Just do that. Just just just, just go for the happiness then. Or go for the so just keep going up a little. Every time you, you 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 have a burning desire for something, a, a, a need, sometimes the will do it and what will it do for you get you will give you and it will be a genuine, tangible requirement yeah sure. oh my boiler's broken i need a new one well what will i do for you get you or give you one it'll allow me to heat the water and the heating well i get a new boiler then yeah does that make sense sure. Most other times it'll be but without doing that little test first and there's nothing wrong with having nice stuff or appreciating uh, nice stuff i'm not saying you shouldn't get it buy a porsche buy a amiga watch buy a Montblanc pen there's nothing wrong with it but don't feel like you have to have it yeah, you yeah. have to have it. You can appreciate that. So, you know, people think Buddhists are dour bunches because they don't appreciate anything. They do. It's just they can hand it back when they're finished appreciating it. there's a great little story of a, a Zen monk who, um, there's a Zen master, and then his little acolyte next to him. They come to a, a, a swollen stream, and there's a woman trapped at the one side of the swollen, st- swollen stream. That's quite difficult to say when I mean, you've had as much coffee as me, um, and he. She wants to get across. Now Buddhist monks are forbidden to touch women, but the master offers her a, a piggyback, carries her across and puts her down on the other side. She thanks him. They go on their way. And the, the acolyte, the little trainees are, <laughs> as he walks along, oh, he says, well, what's, what's wrong with you? And he goes, well, master, we are forbidden to pick women up yet. You carried that woman. And he said, yes, but I put her down after the stream. Whereas you haven't put her down yet yeah makes sense and it's that kind of you can have fancy nice stuff there's nothing wrong with it but when it goes away you've left the woman at the stream yeah if you then cling to it afterwards and you have that residue of you know, like you know sort of psychic emotional guns you you know that's when you that's when it becomes unuseful so if you all the way drill up just constantly drill up and then train yourself to be able to let go of things letting go is you know an important thing as well there so i would say yeah Dow poo teacher how to appreciate life without having stuff what will it do for you get you or give you and practice just letting go just let it go yeah. i like that mate. yeah that's a lot harder to say than it is but yeah there's a little little sort of story um which i think sums this up beautifully and a lot of people have heard it um so i imagine there will be some groans now when i start it from people who've already heard so but if you heard the guy the businessman and the fisherman you heard about it? oh it's, um uh, uh the, 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 a businessman takes his family on a five-star vacation to the caribbean or pick a country of your choice we'll say the caribbean and um and he's down on the beach you know with his morning coffee checking his emails and he sees a fisherman and every day the fisherman goes out and he splashes around a bit and he um and he gets he comes back with three or four fish maybe takes them down the market sells them, and then he sits around at the, Bar or on his porch, drinking beer with his buddies, smoking fag playing with his kids, you know, all that sort of stuff. And the businessman's watching him. And after about three or four days of this, he walks up to me and he goes, You know what? You only fish for two or three hours a day. And the goes Yeah. And he said, you always get enough money to, to to make money. Yeah. So why'd you stop? If you carried on, you could get more fish, you could get more money in the bank, you can build capital from that capital, you could buy a bigger boat, which means you could catch more fish. And if you caught more fish, you could then employ somebody to, to catch the fish for you. And that means you wouldn't have to fish anymore. And the, the fisherman goes, well, what would I do if I didn't fish anymore? Like, well, you could sit around on the porch drinking beer with your buddies and play with your kids. And it's that kind of thing of, you, this, that is the achievement mindset. Yeah, once I have achieved something, I can do something I can do already. Well, oh, why don't you just do that already then? Yeah, there's ways of doing it already without that fleet fleet of fishermen to do it for you. I'm
1: gonna I, I'm gonna take this all away now and apply it to my situation with my missus. Mm-hmm. I might even do a live on it because this is something we've been meddling yeah. with. I know I'll be respectful of your time now. No, so,
0: no we have gone over a little bit, haven't we? But um,
1: Um, (laughs) so we want to create the lifestyle of freedom and travel yeah but the travel bit is the bit that we're stuck on
0: really expensive to be fair yeah I think to to, to travel particularly when you've got kids to travel well you've got to be either quite wealthy or very creative yeah Um, or ask yourself the question what would travel do for me, get me or give me that's, and that's exactly like, what I'm going to go do. Basically, you just want to stay at home all the time. Yeah. Or move to the seaside.
1: You know? <laughs> so be interested in exercise to do. So, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Do it. Because yeah, a lot of people say they want to travel. And I'm like, why? And some people say I want experiences out there in the world that I can't get here. And I'm like, well, cool. Go for it. But other people say they want to travel for, you know, whatever reason. I think, well, why can't you do So people say, I want to go to India to find myself. And I'm always like, well, want to check around the sofa first. Because it's a lot of- um you know it's that sort of thing but yeah so might work for you You never know i might see you next time and you're going to go uh i'm not going to travel i'm just going to spend some money because that's what we've done to be honest as a slight aside obviously we've got two kids we don't have a lot of spare cash so what we've done over the last three or four months is spent quite a lot of money on the house to make it a lovely little you know idol a little space because we recognise traveling with kids isn't really traveling it's just an argument in another country um (laughs) and uh and we haven't got the money to do it really to spend, but we can have spent a certain amount of money getting the house how we want it, so the house is kind of like a safe space as it were, mm-hmm. so when we're in the house, we're like, "Oh, this is nice you know it's a little little you know a, 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 you know a, 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 like I say like a little safe space that we can we can all spend time in and feel comfortable here rather than not spending money in the house because you're trying to save for holidays, and then you always hate your house, so you always want to go on holiday, and it's like. Okay, hang on a minute. Me and my wife spoke about it. I went, well, actually, we want to flip that on his head. So, yeah. so yeah.
1: Thinking outside the box, isn't it?
0: Yeah. But once you do that, do what would it do for you get me or give me exercise? That creates the possibility of thinking out, outside the box. Because people tend to fixate on what they think the solution is. Yeah. And then that starts to preclude all alternative. Whereas once you start thinking about what you actually want to get from that solution, it will open up lots of other options available to you that you may never have thought of beforehand. Mm. Whereas if you just focus on well, you know, I want to travel and that's just what you focus on. It's like, it's like people say I want to get up at five o'clock in the morning. Well, what for? I'm, I'm, I want to get up at five o'clock in the morning but I'm rubbish at getting up at five o'clock in the morning. Well don't get up at five o'clock in the morning then. But I have to get up at five o'clock in the morning. What for? Because I want to be productive. Are you productive when you get up at five o'clock in the morning? Not really. Well what do you get up at five o'clock in the morning for? Because I want to be productive. And it's that kind of... Think well. Now we know you want to be productive. Let's look at different ways you can be productive without having to get up at five o'clock in the morning. Oh, I never thought of that before. That's a really obvious example. Obviously, you know, but, um, you know what I mean. It's, it opens up lots of alternatives. And the, the last thing I would say is I would encourage. And I, I get no money from this. I don't even know Tom Hodgkinson at all. So you know, I, I, I'm not selling him because he's a mate or anything. But I recommend your 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 listen. Just go to theidler.co.uk read some of their stuff, because it's all about work-life balance, you know, the, the idle pleasures and that sort of thing. And it might resonate a little bit and people might go, wow, what do I want that Ferrari for? Or what do I want my Porsche for? When I can sit on my sofa and read a good book or whatever, you know, yeah. uh, particularly he's a parent, he wrote a great book called The I- Idle Parent, which is like, my right? he's like my role oh, model my of parenting. <laughs> Basically means leave him alone, just let him go on with it. <laughs> in a safe way, obviously, in a safe way. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, you gotta. Got that, that's something we're still a playing now, we, and it's, it's a constant battle. Mm. And I'm not sure if it's a constant battle because of outside perceptions yeah. of what's right and wrong, or whether it's my own perspective yeah. perception of what that is doing for them. You know.
0: Yeah, I think you know we we we, if we, we could do a whole other podcast on that. I think. Yeah. See by when. Yeah, internal external validation. To be fair, we've touched on that for like ten minutes. You could I could talk we could do a whole thing on that because that is a big thing. Like you said right there, you just said we struggle with that. And I don't know if it's because it's external pressure or not. Yeah. And I think a lot of what we do is that and I think you could do, we could do a whole we talk for hours about that to be fair. Okay. Like I said, I think that's a really big thing with most people. Once you get your head around the idea of internal external validation, then I think that can really open up opportunities and possibilities to be able to readjust and recalibrate your life yeah not going for things you don't feel you need to go for but like you say particularly young kids what if they're in a school system or something very very difficult to to do that sort of thing because immediately it's you fighting against the system yeah power man fight the power (laughs) <laughs> anyway i must shoot off i have i have family to go and spend time with and so do you so um so we better we better draw this into a close i guess
1: yeah absolutely i want to thank you for coming on much appreciate your uh, your passion and your knowledge
2: i hope and i didn't you... waffle too much in the no moment. man no,
1: no. You, you you've got to bring you always bring a unique perspective and, and i love the way you, you deliver as well so i want to thank you for that
0: Brilliant. No worries, Joel. And hopefully uh, well, I'll be back on again talking about some of the broad ranging random topic.
1: <laughs> awesome. I look forward to it. Cool job. Ma- to you, mate. Thanks very much, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joel Ingram, and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful, and professional people feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite the narrative and chronicle a new, engaging, and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit. And we're done. (laughs) A lot of people, a lot of people don't pause and they go, okay, thanks. And I'm like, hang on, just pause. Not yet.
0: (laughs) I've done enough of these to go, one, two, three. Right, is that the gap? (laughs) All right, there might be a few things you need to slice out of it because I I rambled around a little bit. I liked
1: it. Robberingham, well, I've read his book and I I loved his book. So yeah. that that his book led me to another book that you mentioned mm. about the guy that was trying to get away from money.
0: Yes, um, I can't remember. Yeah, something to do with a flower in a window. Something like that. Yeah, I can't remember. We never spoke about that thing that you mentioned. Something grid. Grid. What was it you were saying about the what's it? No grid window something.
1: Yeah. Oh, the Jahari window. Yeah. You told me about that, and I, and I come across it the other day in a Bells training. Ah,
0: I can't remind me what it is, to be honest with you. I'm having a bit of a mental blank. I know I spoke about it,
1: but so I'm certain the dogs are pretty hot in here. i <laughs> <them> bright red. <laughs> window is uh, the, the four, four panes of a window. Yeah. The one pane is where you know by yourself. Oh, yeah. Blind spot, yeah. unknowns, and, and the other bits and bobs. Yeah, I don't think I called it
0: that. I think that's why I've confused myself a little bit. I think. Um, yeah, i Oh, doggy. <laughs>
2: um,
0: but yeah, but uh we'll um, we'll have to have a. a was that all right? Because I felt I got a bit rambly in
1: the middle there. Is that all right? Yeah, was spot on. Yeah, it's 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 good because it's just it's natural.
0: Yeah, I just feel like I rant and rave, and then I think, "Oh, have I ranted and raved too much?" Does that make sense? oh no,
1: never, mm. never. <laughs> you uh. <laughs> I don't know if you and Ben are from the same place. You've yeah. Got the same sort of passion. Maybe. But it's just you've got the same vibe as well. You've got the same like. You you know what you want.
0: Yeah. You should do a round table. I was just thinking about. It, cause I was thinking with Rob. I was thinking if you wanted to do one with all three of us. Because obviously with Zoom you can picture. Yeah. You can get five people for free, I think, aren't you? Is it? This is real? paid anyway. This one. Yeah. Are pay- you paying for it now? Are you? Yeah. It makes sense. Um, for what you use it for, it makes sense to pay, doesn't it? Um, like I use it for free because I don't use it enough. Um, but yeah, because you, you could do like a re- you could get a round table on if you want to get like a load of your guests together.
1: That's a good idea, actually. I like that.
0: Yeah, but, uh, but let me know. Let me. I'll, I'll look forward to listening to myself waffle on and probably cringe in several places. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> that it's um, all good. But yeah. So but anyway, we've gone over about me, so it's so all kicking off.
1: Go on, I'll leave you to the kids and the family. Enjoy your day and thank no you very much for your time. No
0: worries, I will speak to you uh, very soon and let me know when it's up. All right, cheers, Matt. No worries. All the best.